0: Welcome to Court and Call, this is episode 10. Hope you're all well, hope you're all keeping safe. This week we have a radio play written and directed by myself. It's called Four Wacky Tales of Dublin, the past, the present and hopefully not the future. A satire by Sean Coyle and it is very much a satire indeed. The piece is fresh from the Scarif Bay Clear Drama Radio Festival. It debuted last night on the radio, thanks to everyone who listened there. And, as I said, it's called Four Wacky Tales of Dublin, past, present, hopefully not the future, a satire by Sean Coyle. It's a satirical look at the lives and loves of some wacky characters and their ongoing shenanigans whilst living in Dublin's fair city. The play does contain strong language and a sense of ridiculousness only people with a good sense of humour will get. It's a Dublin thing, and I very much say that with a nod and a wink. The wonderful ensemble cast includes Michael McCormick, Paula Nash, myself, Lana Camilli, Louis Van Elder, Theo Dennis, Alex O'Neill, John Fox and Andre Callanan. Hope you enjoy it here, folks. Some of the stories may be familiar to you all. They were shindig pieces at one stage or another. But now you can enjoy them in audio form. It's a rough and ready piece, but it's also very light-hearted. So I hope you find it funny and get a laugh out of it. I think we all need a bit of laughter in this day and age. We need all the laughs we can get. Got some decent feedback already from the Scarf Bay people. I hope the no-drama crowd like it too, the no-drama listeners, the and call listeners, and I won't delay it any further. Here it is, Four Wacky Tales. Four Wacky Tales of Dublin, past, present, and please God, hopefully not the future. Written by Sean Coyle. Dublin is full of wacky characters, some neurotic, some dumbfounded, some in love. For others, the only thing about love they know is how to live without it. Some are lost, some are found, but living to the minimal. And even a small handful are woefully criminal. It's funny and a freaky place to be at times, Dublin. But it's the people. It's the people here that have the best intentions. And they're full of heartfelt feelings and stormy gusto. With that, here are four simple stories of simple people, drastic personalities, and a humour from a city like no other. Chapter 1. The Singer. Ray. The great Raimondo Dial was once a bordering cabaret singer in Dublin Of the 1970s pub and supper club scene So we talk. He had grand illusions of what his life and career should be But grand illusions can dispense over time Without even one realising it And Ray's dreams have slowly and insidiously Drifted into mediocre folklore Still working, Ray's dramatically conceited Vain and looking for glory But he means well Managing him is his younger brother, Shade Isle who knew of Rea's limitations but still pushed hard and concocted plans for the two of them to be a success one way or the other. Jay is out for a quick buck, schemes and manipulates, but also means well. Years of tension, fear and striving for a dream that doesn't exist has cumulated into its toll-taking frenzy. But the two brothers have always managed to surge on and the fuel of respect and admiration for one another has survived and the most important thing of all, their undying love for one another as a bond between brothers is unbreakable. But a small music hall in the year 2019 awaits, for better or for worse. In a small cafe on a crowded night, in a
1: spot of light stands the singer. Yeah, kid, he's available for bookings. He can still sing. Sure, he's a little older, uglier, fatter, rounder, but he's the great rockin' Raimondo. 20 euro. No way. It's two hundred euro for the night, or no dice. He's in great spirits, rare form. I'm back from a stint in the madhouse. i mean health farm. Look, everything that glitters ain't gold, kid. But he can still shine on for an hour in any way. He is coherent. I swear, he's brilliant. And I'm not just saying that because he's my brother. Look, I have to go. He needs me. <laughs> Jay, be honest. Am I a worthless old hack with no talent? No. We got a gig tonight, don't we? I've almost got another one t- next week. So look alive, if tonight goes well, we'll get more and more booking. But I'm a friggin' fossil i champ trying to a me ass for a gang of ones and a
0: dingy bar. Where's the dignity in that?
1: No, no, you're a a classy dude with soul. And as for your arse, what an arse. Keep rigging it. It packs them in. And besides, we're getting money for it. So buck up. Who needs dignity when we have bills to pay? We still owe St. Brendan's that medical bill. Who, you know? Oh, you think I'm classy? Oh, thanks. Yeah, of course. Really? So sit up, shut up, Rayo. Snake hip style. I want that on the marquee. Just don't break your hip. That's all we need. Again. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You sound like me dad when you talk like that. Do this, do that. You're a nagging bastard.
1: Ah, Jesus! That's they say that everyone turns into their parents one day. You look like me ma looking in that mirror.
0: <laughs> Very funny. At least me ma could sing, and she was a good looking woman. I got that from her. Talent and good looks, of course. You and me dad were like the fucking Gillette ad. Best pants, father and son. Always concocting something. Surprised to appear you never ended up in prison. Two chancers. <laughs> it's gas, isn't it? But at least I kept the dignity of her family name up. Not like you. Poor Shay. Always letting the side down.
1: Look at you. You jumped up glorified karaoke singer. Just who the hell do you think you are?
0: I was only bleeding mess and take a joke for once in your life. Moaning asshole.
1: No, I'm bleeding sick of you. I am sick of your shit. You're always getting that dig in and passing it off as a joke. Well, no more. The moaning, the whining, the ungratefulness, the throwing back at my face because Dad liked me best. I got you started. Fucking soapbox. Doing something you love. I made sacrifices. Pulled strings. Slept with ugly boards just so you could get ahead. And all you do is complain. Then again, what else can you expect from a selfish, washed-up alcoholic? You're not even a has-been. You're a never-war. Fuck you, Shay. Fuck you, how dare you, how bleeding dare you Sacrifices,
0: please I didn't make you leave your wife and kids Although Valerie was better off without you if you ask me You pull strings, yeah Only ones that were financially beneficial for you too Not that we made much bleeding money thanks to you Different promoters, legging it out of venues with the fee before I went on Leaving me to pay up And the ugly boards. yeah You got your hold, didn't you, like you always do And you hurt and manipulated people along the way. Plus, you never once tried to set me up at anyone. Not once. could have married Julia Finch. And you had to go and screw her and break her heart. She never could look at me the same way again. She was me one shot, love. I could have made records. Could have been on the radio. I could have been a top-rate performer. But agents and managers wanted me. Not you. I wouldn't leave you out of loyalty. And pity. Like PJ, There, I said it. We were a package. And if they wanted me, you had to come too. Oh, Jesus. Come hell or high water. But they didn't. They knew you were a loser. That's what ruined it for me. They knew you were a second-rate wannabe. You're the fucking has-been. Not me. A second-rate has-been at that.
1: Cop on, you arsehole. You're nearly fucking 70. You can ditch the vanity bollock now. I can't keep telling people you're 55. Shitholes you sing in aren't that dark, and stop pouring whiskey down your throat. It's not going to make you look any younger. You're a wrinkled up alco. That was your downfall. And the plane to bingo halls in Dublin is hardly going to make you a global fucking superstar, was it? Now, half the time you were supposed to be singing, you were at the bar filling your face with ale. So don't be get, getting me started on who's the loser. You're oh,
0: sixty-two and you keep telling them ones you're chasing. You're forty-eight. They're not that bleeding blind, blonde, that stupid. Impressing them, which are Gucci suits. Gucci doesn't have three season at spelling, you tick bastard. Gucci, me arse.
1: How would you know you're never sober, you jumped up wimp?
0: Del boy, trotter wannabe, all oh, flashing, no bleeding cash.
1: Girl, you've more makeup on you than Liz Taylor.
0: Jealous prick.
1: Mammy's boy.
0: Valerie was right not to take you back, you dumb illiterate piece of shit. And all your moths, yeah. They always said you were never any good in the sack. The only sack you were good at was getting sacked from jobs. Least I can read, you dumb pig. You're a waste of a bleeding life. It's a pity when that bouncer stabbed you back in nineteen seventy eight you didn't die. Then I would have made it
1: Of all the things to bring up, you horrible, despicable, stupid, nasty little Give it bleeding over the peri.
2: Ma, Ma? S- Still at it, I see. You'll never grow up. Just like your father. Lord rest his soul. You two put him in an early grave.
0: He was 82, Ma. It's hardly an early grave.
2: Shut your stupid smart-arse mouth for once, Raymond Doyle. You're not too old for a clatter. Ah, what are you doing here? You never come to Ray's show. Tom Jones there didn't want anyone to know he had an elderly mother. Him t- trying to pretend he's still 40-odd. Imagine your old 90-year-old mother sitting there having to listen to Ray murder all my favourite songs.
0: Mm-hmm. No, thanks. I bumped it up to fifty-five, ma,
2: and he started it. Am I always sing your favourite song? The singer fifty-five.
1: Yeah, what do you think, ma? How do I look?
2: It looks like the fifty-five bus ran over you. Take all that makeup off, you gobshite.
1: Ma, I'm sorry we didn't ring you. I would have collected you, and he started it.
2: I don't care who started it. You're both idiots, big time. Rail and Sheo Doyle, the brat pack of Ballybok. Lord Jesus, and that wasn't my favourite song I just told you that because that was the only one you can sing well Now you two both act your ages You're real ones Sorry ma Sorry, ma. Give me a hug to pair you You're awful idiots But I'm very proud of you The both of you Me and your father loved you, equally We never had any favourites We loved you both the same I still do The good, the bad and the ugly Your dad loved your confidence, Ray He never had the balls to sing in public and try and make a go of something he wasn't good at. And getting paid for it as well. He admired that in you.
0: Thanks, ma. I guess.
2: Now, make up. I won't be around forever. And all you have is one another. Life is too damn short for all this crap. Right. I'm off.
1: You're not sticking around, ma.
2: No. I wouldn't be caught dead in this shithole. Besides, I have a date. The Over 85's get-together is on in the community centre. And Mr. Hannigan has been thwarting me to go for the last four months. I figure there's life in the old girl yet. I'm not dead yet.
1: Well done, ma. And thanks. See you later. Mr. O'Hannigan.
2: the
0: outfit that won all the money on the pills a while ago?
1: Yeah. Ma, the old deviant. She's just as crooked as we are.
0: (laughs) Didn't lick it off a stone, Ah, For what it's worth, I'm sorry. I really am. I didn't mean what I said.
1: Yeah, you did. It's all true anyway, but I accept your apology regardless. I mean, what a pair we are, eh? Yeah, at least we'll always have each other. No need, Julia Finch, or my Valerie, for that matter. You wouldn't understand, anyway. Ah, look, I didn't
0: mean to go below the belt. You did work hard, despite some flaws, but shit happens. And she never appreciated you or the fact that you're a wonderful father.
1: Thanks Shay, that that means a lot Besides, you're better off too Julia Finch was a gold digger Uh, Anyways, she thought you were loaded She told me so That's why I banged her to get rid of her To spare you all the hassle and heartbreak You deserve better, and still do
0: look Shay, you're my best friend And my partner in crime You'll always be my little brother I'd never get by without you I do love you really
1: I love you too you picked heart. <laughs> I'm sorry too. And we did have fun. Still do. And we're not killing each other. It was all worth it. Years of struggle. At least we can say we haven't lived a boring life. Plus, you're not a bad singer.
0: Not boring.
1: That's for damn sure.
0: Oh, look. Thanks. I do
1: try. There's no bond thicker than blood. And no bond stronger than brother's. Could Raymond Doyle please come to the stage? I have to go on. Go go get him, kid. Hey, kid. Knock him dead. I'll be watching. Ah, poor Ray. I probably should have told him that no one showed up. Ah, well. I got my fee. Still, the room belongs to the singer.
0: The room does indeed belong to the singer. Fortunately, across town on the same night, the room doesn't belong to two folks going on a blind date. First of all, let's meet Sophie. Chapter 2. The Date. Blunder on Bumble. Sophie is a quiet enough, middle class, 30 year old, single woman who hasn't had a boyfriend in a long time. Even then her love life wasn't prolific. She was hurt and let down before. She's a bit frustrated and, well, quite frankly, she's a bit pissed off at men in a way. Her friend has suggested she try a dating app called Bumble, the feminist Tinder. Even if it's just for fun, just to try something new. Sophie is new to Dublin, having moved over from England, and she's looking for something different. She wants to see if an Irishman, or more mainly, a Dublin fella could provide something than the guys she's used to dating back home in England. As she sits having lunch with her friend Kelly one day, they scroll through the app, laughing and giggling, as they come across this guy. Hmm, Kelly, Sophie's friend, thinks she would be well suited for this guy. Oh my God, Sophie, this guy's like toots hot.
3: Nah, Kelly... I don't know. The guy's
0: profile reads like this. 33-year-old guy named William. Down-to-earth, good-looking, sweet, sophisticated, professional. Management material. Employed and all-around nice guy. Looking for a like-minded person to go out with. Oh, cute. So far, so good, right? Well, you think that. After having her arm twisted, Sophie relents. She decides why not. Give this guy a chance. They connect on Bumble. They have a nice conversation. Online, of course. Beware of the online. Always beware of the online. But she feels that this guy, William, is nice, and everything his profile says. They agree to meet for dinner. Sophie arrives a bit early at the restaurant. She looks great. There's some fantastic light jazz music in the background. The scene is totally romantic. The full package. She arrives. She looks around, but she can't really see anyone that fits William's description. She goes over to the waiter, shows him a picture of William from her phone, and asks,
3: Excuse me, do you know if this guy is here yet? His name's William... He made the reservation.
0: Mm, let me see there. No, he's not here yet. Look, take a seat and I'll show him over when he arrives. In the meantime, you can have some water while you wait. Thanks. Oh, you're most welcome, ma'am. With a bit of time to kill, she rings Kelly for advice.
3: Hi, Kelly. He's not here yet. I know, but I hate waiting. I'm looking all around for this handsome, sophisticated guy, liking the profile pictures. And I asked the waiter, was anyone called William in yet? But he said no. There's no other guys here. Well, only some odd-looking man leering at me from the corner. Hey, I'm not too picky. I gotta go. The odd guy is coming over. Hi, love. Are you Sophie? Yes, I am. Are you William?
4: Yeah. Well, it's Billy. You made to call me Billy.
3: Oh, shit. He's not the guy in the profile picture. Or is he? Oh, shit, it's him. He just looks older. By a few years. Uh, I see you've uh, changed your appearance, Billy.
4: No law putting up pictures from a few years ago, love. It's still me, but just one tiny difference. Well, not tiny, as in tiny, if you know what I mean. But besides, your profile said you were dirty. Behave you yourself dirty. Do you, you feel a sweetheart? The last time you saw 30, wasn't under the dress on a bleeding door. <laughs> right. So, are you one of them birds that guard the vets It dates before they meet?
3: No. Ah, that sound, neither do I. <laughs> so, do you have housemates or live with people? Nah, I'm, I'm on my
4: tod. Things are quiet around our way since my dad went into the asylum. I mean, my ran off with the religious cults. I tell you one thing, girl, no one takes the light out on my door. The bastards. Uh, anyway, before that, myself, uh, uh, I mean, my housemates, were, we're not the best, if you know what I mean.
5: I see. Thankfully,
0: the waiter interjects and kills some of that, well, awkward silence, you could say, to say the least. Hi. Can I get you guys any drinks?
3: I think you're going to need one, man.
4: Yeah, me. Two pints of devil's spit and whatever she wants, eh?
3: (laughs) I'll just have a white wine, please. Yes. On second thoughts, I'll have a double scotch on the rocks with a twist.
0: Very good, man. Coming up. This is going to be one long fucking night.
3: (laughs) So... Yeah, I've
4: got one for you. What does one saggy tit say to the other saggy tit? Uh. If we don't get some support, people will think we're nuts. (laughs) Uh, To get it, people think we're nuts. Anyway, I've got another one. I have another one for you. What's the best part of gardening? What, what's the best part of gardening? Getting down and dirty with your host! <laughs> 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 oh God. Ah. Oh. These very fresh, these fucking nuts. Hardy? Um, so tell me about... That's another bleeding thing I hate about that bumble. Since when did bleeding I can become popular. All he ever say is. Oh, I love to have coffee with the girls. And hi. Me. Bollocks hikes you meet them then and in reality the only place they
0: bike to is bear the king of Bach. <sighs> i know right man <laughs> hiking what's that all about i hear you i once got dumped for not trolling up a mountain with some girl after only going for one lousy drink and then <laughs> i also got once slagged off by a girl on a date because she's never seen a man with an earring before <laughs> i said to her that's funny I've never seen a woman with three chins before.
3: <laughs>
0: Excuse me. I'll be back with your wine.
3: Well, Billy, that might be true in some cases, but...
4: And they always include pictures of themselves. With all the garrows, or all the owl ones. And you only pray to good Jesus. You're not picking the fat, ugly one in the middle. They're all bleeding clones. But I see I picked the right one tonight. Ain't that right like gorgeous? Say, yay, yay. Billy, can I just say... Ah, and the young ones on that app. Ah, tragic. The first month I spent on there. Fucking made something
3: inside me, die. It Definitely smells that way. Do you mind if I have a smoke? Yes, I do. And I think the restaurant might as well.
4: <laughs> oh, yeah, right, sorry.
3: <sighs> So Billy, you say you're a manager at your firm. How's work going?
4: Well, I'm not exactly a manager. I'm a night watchman in a factory. Cabries six euro an hour too. Leading Rockefeller I am.
3: Okay. So do you like music? Yeah. You mean, like, raving time? Oh, here and we the are. How uh, about someone? Uh,
4: smack my bitch up. Smack my bitch up. God is a DJ. God is a DJ. Nothing like it when you're smoking a few jays. <laughs> what I love.
0: Don't worry, ma'am. You're the third one this week. Do yourself a favour. Make an excuse and head for the toilet via the back exit.
4: <laughs> no. <coughs> now, why do you need to kiss you, Sophie? Don't
3: be alarmed if my tooth falls out. Uh, Billy, uh, I need to use the restroom. Do you need a hand?
4: Or two?
3: <laughs> Billy, look, here's the deal. I think. N- no, I'm certain. You are the least attractive person I've ever come across in my whole life. In the last few minutes, on this abysmal excuse of a date, you've shown every loathsome trait of the male personality and even figured out some new ones. You are physically repulsive, intellectually fucked, vulgar, deplorably rude, insensitive, selfish, shallow, stupid. You have zero taste, a poxy sense of humor, and quite frankly, you stick to high heaven. You're not even interesting enough to make me want to vomit. You're, you're like a lousy, scum-laden, pesky insect that won't go away. So buzz off, back onto Bumble, and go buy some toothpaste and mouthwash, fuck breath. <laughs> <sighs>
4: Are you as turned on as me right now, love? Uh. Yes! Oh dear God! Chi-ching! Works every time! Ah, not like our poor Donnie!
0: Now, how about those menus? Well, that was a turn-up for the books. Seems all along Sophie was after, well, an animated scouser. And she had to come all the way to Dublin to find him. Such as life, they say. Ah, let's hope it works out for the two of them. One person it isn't working out for is poor Donny. Chapter 3, The Session. Donny is a 25-year-old neurotic but not psychotic single man. He's unlucky in love and unlucky with therapists. Carmel, his latest counsellor, well, she's demure and soft-spoken. But she's helping him work through some of his issues with love and life. COVID 19 has hit, and two weeks into being housebound, he's starting to crack just a little bit. Some home truths are surfacing as a result, and he's dying to get it all out, but blasted online functions won't let him be.
6: Blasted computers. God forsaken Zoom. Online me ass. Hello. Hello, Carmel. Carmel, are you there?
5: Yes. Donnie, I'm connected now. It's been a month since our last therapy session. So much has happened in the world. How are you coping with this lockdown? Two weeks in now. We could be in it for the long haul, they say. Uh,
6: I'm alright, I'm alright. I'm, all right. I'm coping, coping, okay? Apart from t- trying to set the house on fire twice. Uh, accidentally. <laughs> accidentally, of course. Oh, um, and then there's the internet and this Zoom cable, figuring out how to use it, being head melted all day with the online calls. (sighs) Oh, not to mention my mother ringing every five minutes to check on me and to see what I want for my dinner. No, no love life, no social life. My career is in the toilet. And well, there's also the little matter of my life being sucked into a never ending sinkhole. Are you still on your meds? Um, hmm. I've abandoned them. Um, I'm, I'm free. We'll come back to that one. How's Jean? Gone. Said she needed space, so she found some young fella with a duplex. It has an en suite, apparently. She walked out three weeks ago, just in time for the two-meter distancing. Ironic, you could say, right? It's her loss. Bless you. How does that make you feel? Well, it's a lot better than the last breakup. Janet? Yeah. <laughs> she was a right bitch.
5: Now, Donnie, are you at all exaggerating? She tried to strangle me twice. Did say it was waltz in the acts of lovemaking. Maybe she got caught up in the heat of the moment.
6: Well, maybe. How many times did someone do that to you, huh? Albert de DeSalvo was locked up for less. Oh, Jesus, no. When a man does shit like that, he's a perverted serial killer, right? When a woman tries it, she's caught up in the moment and branded a dynamo in the sack.
5: Was that the only reason you left her? No,
6: she had an, another kind of COVID. Oh, I-, I thought you broke up last year. Uh, we did. She had a, a continuously ongoing, venereal, infectious disease. Always added it with other men. Always. She scored more times than Manchester United. I see. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel relieved that we only did it three times.
5: Because of the promiscuity and the whole her trying to strangle you think?
6: Yeah, that. And her smelly dog that liked to watch us, uh, you know.
5: Have sex. You can say the word,
6: Donnie still walking up to that, Carmel. Don't, don't push me, huh? The dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the amount of times she asked, is it good for you? And I had to lie, not only because she'd killed me, but that fucking filthy little shit but dog of hers, Muffy, Muffy, <laughs> would bite me. The dog was eyeing me the whole time I was in her house. Then it would jump in for cuddles. Have a problem. Have a problem with smells. And have a problem with cleanliness.
5: I know. I know. Well, we all different takes, all sorts. We do have to fix your relationship issues. It was part of our New Year plan.
6: You know, I tried that before, don't you?
5: Yes, uh, but I don't mean with the enchantments to sex, like better foreplay or toys. That doesn't
6: work. Well, you can say that again. i tried toys before. Have have you ever tried to be romantic? With a Barbie hanging out of your arse? No. I am destined to walk the earth alone for all eternity. At least it's not the desert, though. Nonsense. You'll find a
5: companion one
6: day? A companion? (laughs) Dogs are companions. Like Scruffy Muffy. So, is it just sex you want? No. For that, all I need is AA batteries. No. <laughs> I want you to have a... Uh, dare I say it? A, a soulmate. Someone warm. Someone half... <laughs> someone half sane.
5: Janet wasn't warm or sane? Jean wasn't warm or sane? Uh,
6: Janet needs to save some of the crazy for menopause. And, and, and Jean came with a warning. Like what? Caution... Frostbite?
5: You never seem to hit it off with women. Only two. You enjoy the sex, but feel guilty in doing so. You can't even say the word. The initiation process seems to go well in the beginning. But after that, there's never any depth in these relationships. It goes south pretty quick.
6: Mm. So?
5: Defensive, much? You have a hard time letting people in. Did you ever think you could have a meaningful relationship with a man? Platonic one at the very least. You always say you have more in common with, get along better with, and understand men's ways more.
6: Could you find a soulmate there? <sighs> I tried that once with a friend of mine. I gave him a look. <laughs> you know, a look. A look? Yeah. He thought I had something in my eye. A friend,
5: huh? Tell me more about this friend.
6: We get along. There's a, there's a gravitational pull between us. An attraction, you could say. just uh, Kind of. Is it an arduous feeling? Uh, not as arduous as spilling your guts out a Zoom link. I hate this online chatting crap. Grab- it's pointless. This will be the end of me. Wi-Fi, internet connections, crashing, virtual bosses. How lives and feelings depend on this crap.
5: You're changing the subject. In what way are you
6: attracted to this friend? A lot of ways. We get each other. I just don't... I don't think I should act in it. Why? Do
5: you think he will react badly? Panic? Act violently? Call you gay and destroy your manhood?
6: Yeah, no. For a start, he's only on weekend release from the sanatorium. It would be doomed from the start. A nut and a drunk in a sexless companionship. Someone would crack. Someone crack faster than this Wi Fi connection. It's better than Janet trying to strangle
5: you. Not to mention a lot more sanitary.
6: I suppose. Is Zoom acting up for you? As always, the outcome of my goddamn sanity is reliant on a loose connection. My brain, my head, my internet. poof All this. This
5: online meeting stuff being constant won't last forever. People will meet again in person in the future. We won't, of course. Uh, I'm retiring next week. But I, I, I know it doesn't help your abandonment issues, but... Yeah, yeah. You're down on online meetings.
6: What's the point, though? I, I, just, I just look like me, but in filtered form. You'd be better off buying a Ouija board and having an old fashioned seance. Are you there? Ooh, are you there? We can hear you, but we can't see you. We're losing you. Jesus, I have a better chance communicating with the dead.
5: <laughs> <sighs> it's all a bit complicated. Are you lonely? A bit. When Jerry is
6: on day release, I talk to him. Your friend? Mm-hmm. We can talk about a lot of things.
5: Just not how you feel about him.
6: Well, it's hard. Not only can you not hug people for fear of offending them, you're also scared you'll kill them. <laughs> Will they kill a virus? I can't have that on my conscience. Has
5: Gina and Janet been in touch?
6: Janet was in touch recently. It was her birthday. She said she she got her belly button pierced. (sighs) I told her to go hang an air freshener on it for her and her smelly beast. It would help the dog smell too. Ouch. I think you still have some anger issues with
5: Janet. Jerry and relationships. All of it.
6: I was just a late bloomer. My parents, did, my parents didn't tell me the fact of life. I was confused about sex. I didn't discover what sex meant or <laughs> what sex was until I was in my 20s. How did you find out? I brought my first girlfriend home. My father said, Guy goes on top, she goes on the bottom. So I went out and bought bunk beds. <laughs> she wasn't much better either. Her mother told her, Well, I'm going to bed to take something black and sexy. So she brought a mobbing Gay album. That was Jenny. <laughs> poor Jenny. Poor, poor Jenny. We quickly caught on, though. My younger cousin told me by a, a demonstration with a banana and a donut.
5: Ah, that explains your fear of fruit and desserts. Yeah.
6: <laughs> It's all such a horrible mess, though, isn't it? No, it isn't. Um, what do you want in a partner? Someone to enjoy life with. Someone to enjoy hobbies with. Someone to send things to. Thanks? Songs. Records. Books. Old-fashioned letters. Cards. I write damn good letters, you know. I love people I can talk to for endless hours about interesting things. Could you talk to Janet or Jean about that stuff? No. No, because they were trying to find themselves. Last time I saw Jean, she stole She stole from me. She stole from me. Why would you do that? Search me. That's what she said! <laughs> God, I overlooked all their crap whilst with them.
5: Boy, what some people will do for love. Or lack
6: thereof. But I can talk to Jerry. About, about anything. I miss going for a pint with him. Oh, I'm never going to drink again, am I?
5: Guilty taste buds have no rhythm. Well, it's important to keep that contact and try and develop the friendship. Things are edgy with everyone right now. Little things will get to you. I'm going to tell you the best piece of advice you'll ever hear. Now listen up. Our time is almost over. Uh, hang on,
6: Carmel. Carmel. Carmel, are you there? Carmel, are you there? Are you there? I can can see you, but I can't hear you. Ah, shit. Let's go Carmel, come come back. Come back!
0: Your computer has crashed. Good luck. (laughs) No, 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 no! Don't worry, folks. He'll get the help he needs. It's okay, Donnie. No need to be popping Prozac's. You can still leave the house without a gun in your hand. For our next tale, we have to go back to the past. About a 100 years ago, the beginning of 1920. It's Garfield Avenue. Ratgar. It's Dublin. It's Thursday the 22nd of January 1920. Chapter 4, The Sons of Dawn. It's a cold, nondescript night in January. And Dr John Morty, a 45-year-old married man with three children is sitting at home by his fire, sipping his nightly cup of tea, which his wife has just gallantly brought him. It's 11pm. Realising he'd forgotten to post an important letter earlier in the day to his aiding sister in Galway, he rises promptly, and all hell is about to break loose. If you thought things were bad these days, they weren't much better a hundred years ago or so.
7: I forgot to post that blasted letter today and it is of the highest importance I need to notify Kate of our visit next weekend it also advises her of her medications she needs to maintain for that nasty cough she has I'm terrified it could lead to pneumonia or TB I wouldn't forgive myself should something happen to her
8: Oh for the (sighs) love of God John it's almost 11pm we must be retiring for the evening it can wait until tomorrow Post it on your way to work. I've been waiting for you all day. Tonight was to, be, was to be special.
7: Moira, if I post it now, it'll make the early morning post. I hate being restricted, dear. Why wait until tomorrow when you can do something now? That's simply a chance I cannot take.
8: particular <sighs> much. Someone has been at the sherry again. Very well, dear. You cannot be told... Go on now and tell the truth. The only thing on your mind is getting out into the night air to smoke that dreadful pipe. Any excuse? You know as well as I do, night air is no good for one's lungs. Night time is for us to cajole each other with carnal functions of love.
7: My God, Moyer, such filth coming from a convent girl. But my dear wife, if I want to smoke in my own home, I shall. But you know me too well. Just a few puffs, then I'm all yours.
8: You know I hate the smell of that contraption in our house.
7: My house, dear. I earn the money for you to live the life to which you are accustomed to.
8: Fine. Seeing as you're going to the post box, you can take these invitations with you, to mail for me. I'm RSVPing to Kitty Clare, therefore her soiree for the Medical Board Wives Club... It's in a fortnight. I don't wish to leave it too late. It's just a chance I cannot take. Our social standing is all I have, dear.
7: Oh my, when the wives of the medical board call, all dignity must fail, eh, Moira?
8: Don't be long, darling. I'll be waiting for you. So keep your firm bottom handy.
7: I say again, Moira, such language, and from a convent girl. My bottom will be back in a few minutes. All good things come to those who wait.
8: Quite. Heaven forbid I drift into the land of slumber. Be careful, darling.
7: Heavens forbid. Please, Moira,
3: it's in a safe
7: upper-class street, what could happen? John leaves the
0: house. The street is eerily quiet
3: in the dead of night.
0: Gas lamps have been dimmed, and the street is deserted. As John Rourke walks into the street, he hears rustling in the bushes nearby. Feeling uneasy, he quickly proceeds to post his letters. As he turns to light his pipe, the glow of a flaming match reveals the sight of a young man.
7: Can I help you
1: at all, young man? The new order is upon Dublin, sir. Therefore, the new order is upon you. I
7: beg your pardon, son? New order? What are you talking about? What do you want? Are you lost? Drunk? Do you require medical attention? He means give me your fucking watch
6: and your money. And anything else valuable in your physical possession, you possum bred, anglified glory hunting cocksucker. Oh Jesus! Oh no, I'm not Jesus, pal.
1: He's no pal of ours. Now make with the watch, you posh fairy. <sighs>
0: Seeing as you didn't give them what we want, I'm here now to say you are what they call being robbed. Stand on the liver, the money of your life, and all that shite. So
7: hands up. I'd appreciate it if you didn't use such profanity in my presence, please.
0: <laughs> well, what do you know? Limey politeness, even when a gun's shoved in his face. Look here, if you don't give us the goods we want, you won't have to hear obscenities. In fact, you won't hear nothing, because I'd lie your fucking head off. Shoot you dead right here, you pretty wry-loving prick.
7: Uh, Please don't. Uh, Here, Uh, take the watch, and here, I only have three shillings on me. I'm not rich, I swear, and I'm not English either. I'm one of you, well, not exactly like you, but...
6: Oh, shut up. Let me see these. Three shillings? Oh, you... Is that all... Well, you could have fooled me. Right. Throw him on the ground, (laughs) nonce.
3: Come on. Let's go. We're done here.
0: And by the way, if you're gonna make anything of this little matter, fine, sir. Please say it was the sons of dawn that done this to you. Won't you? You hear? Or we'll be back. And there's a good gent. Run along.
8: John, are you all right? What took you so long? I was worried, darling. John, what happened? You're hurt. Talk to me.
7: The new order has been bestowed upon me, Moira.
8: What? Have you hit your head, love?
7: no dear I haven't hit my head I've just met the sun's door
0: ah the woefully criminal will they ever learn probably not our last chapter is not so much a tale but some words of advice oh fair Dublin please be kind to thee keep us safe out of harm and despair, please keep us free. A city of diverse crowds. Adversity knows no bounds. Never wants to be down for long. It's her ability to cope that keeps us strong. To proceed with the future, check back on the past. You'll soon learn that hard times don't always last. We'll always prevail. Or I'll promise you, you'll see. And if it doesn't, just tell it to ask your gi- <laughs> That's enough of that. That's enough of that blue language. Who wrote that in the script? It wasn't me. A big thank you for listening to our four wacky tales of Dublin. The past, present, and hopefully not the future. Please God, it won't. But never fear. There's no need to have nightmares after listening to these four wacky tales of Dublin. All stories and characters in this piece are purely fictitious and were not based on any characters of Dublin. Young or old, at all, I swear. <coughs> 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 a big thank you to the folks at No Drama Theatre for putting this on. Court and call, the weekly podcast. And don't forget to check out our upcoming shindig next week. A big thank you for all your support and to all the loyal listeners. I hope you enjoyed the four wacky tales and this short radio play. Hopefully, you won't need a Prozac after it. And always remember the world can still be good. You can't leave the house without a gun in your hand. If any of our listeners have been affected by any of the situations in this storyline, the number to call is 1-800-Nobody-Gives-A-Damn. We are out of time, I'm afraid. If this was a film or television, the credits would roll now. But seeing as it's radio, I'll speak them out for you. The singer, Sean Coyle, Ashay Dial, Michael McCormick as Ray Dial, and Paul and Ash as Mad Isle. The day, on Bumble. Billy, played by Louis Van Elder. Sophie was played by Lana Camilli. The waiter was played by Sean Connors. The session. Carmel, the therapist, was played by Alex O'Neill. Not the R&B 80s singer sensation, but our Alex O'Neill. And Donnie was played by Theo Dennis, the Sons of Dawn. John Fox as Dr. John Morty, Paula Nash as Maura Morty, and Sean Coyle, Michael McCormick, and Andre Callanan as the Robbers, the Sons of Dawn. The end, thank God. Is this thing still on? Big thanks to the cast again for participating in the piece. It was off the cuff, a little bit spontaneous, loose, rough around the edges, just the way I like it. So, thanks very much for your time again. Lending your talents and participating. Always great to work with you. you put your all in and play the blinder. So a big thank you once again. People do forget. It takes a lot of time and effort to act in pieces and give up your time. People forget that there is a human being, breeding, living being, that does put their all into it. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to 4 Wacky Tales of Dublin. The past, the present and hopefully not the future by myself. Hope you got a laugh out of it, people. Just remember not to take things so seriously. And a bit of satire, a bit of irony, and a bit of a double entendre. Never done anyone any harm. Big thank you for our court and Call listeners. Uh, February last month, which is a short month, we had our most downloads of all of our retrospective editions. So a big thank you once again. We had over 200 downloads, 206 to be precise. That was a record for us. And thanks to the people who have been submitting scripts and submitting ideas to us as well. We are going through them and hopefully they will come to fruition over the coming weeks and months. And don't forget, our shindig is next Saturday night. It's going to be broadcast live on YouTube Prime from 7 o'clock. So we are all looking forward to that thoroughly. Can't wait. Don't forget, if you do want to submit a script for review, please contact us at contact at nodramatheatre.com. And I will be back next week with an interview session. Next week, my interview guest will be Mr. Andre Callanan. And we will be discussing all things theatrical and all things acting as well. As always, a big thank you. Keep the downloads coming. Stay safe, keep yourselves well, and peace out.